Welcome back, everybody. It's been a bit. It's been it's been a long bit, I would say. Um, uh, uh, welcome to John slash John. I'm John, and I'm John, and this is a podcast where uh, we talk about uh, horror movies. Uh, I like them. I don't. <laughs> well, I, I let me let me for those who are just kind of joining this into this uh, soft reboot requel of this uh, <laughs> podcast we started like almost a year ago. Um, uh, it's not that I don't like them. It's that I don't enjoy them. <laughs> there it is. Uh, and uh, but you know what? The whole purpose of this is for me to, as a as just a movie fan, uh, to kind of come into it and look at it with a with a new light and That's a right. new appreciation. And you've you've found a couple that we've been doing that you've enjoyed, like the Scream franchise. Lo- love the Scream franchise. Great, great couple of movies. You are not a fan of the Texas Chainsaw. Uh, yeah, the original uh, was too good at what it was trying to do, and so <laughs> I, it was just very disturbing. Didn't really care for it. Right, and then uh, we did Nope not too long ago. Love Nope. Yeah. Great movie. And uh, and now, but what are we? Yeah, what are we talking about today, John? Uh, well, now as we are in October, we are in spooky season. And uh, this is probably going to come out, hopefully if I time this right, this will come out (laughs) on or around Halloween. Um, We're going to be talking about John Carpenter's classic 1978 film, Halloween. Yes, the original, the OG, as they say. And we will then uh, tie that into talking about this newest trilogy uh, directed by uh, uh, David Gordon Green. Uh, with Halloween Ends that just came out this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we both uh, revisited, I revisited the, the right. trilogy you watched for the first time. Right. And, uh, and we're going to... Our, ...our history with this, this particular franchise. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I, I saw Halloween, the 1978 version... Uh, a long time ago when I was very young and loved it immediately. Right. Um, yes, scary. Truly scary. Right. Um, but I think I I really liked it for that reason because it was... It, the best way I can say it is it was an approachable scary. Sure. I think that's the best way I can describe it. It's, it's v- frightening but in a way that invited me in and made me go, but what else is going to happen? Right. Um, and I loved it. Absolutely. Loved it. Michael Myers is such an iconic figure. Mm-hmm. There's not much more to say about him. Like it's, it's so terrifying. Right. And so well-crafted. And the fact that it just came from a William Shatner mask that they painted white yeah. is mind blowing. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say on that at the moment. What about you? I know you teased to me uh, before too not not too long ago. You have a very interesting history with this particular yeah. film. So I know I've I know for a fact. I think actually this initial watch, um, well, what I thought was going to be a rewatch of the nineteen seventy eight original. Um, I think I've only seen the original in kind of bits and pieces because, of course, this this guy scared me. I think my first Halloween movie I saw in at least most of its entirety was one of the later entries. So, like, I can't remember if it was four or five um, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, his, like, niece, Jamie. Yeah. And at the end, she, like, kills her own, like, person. And Dr. Yeah. Dr. Loomis is like, no! I think that's... Uh, uh, I, Maybe I six? That's, no, that's five. I think okay. if, I, if I'm remembering right, that's Curse five. Michael Myers? I don't yeah. know. Um, but either way, especially when I'm a, a young boy... Enough to scare the shit out of me still. Um, but not only that, um, I uh, I have a cousin who will remain nameless. Um, although if he ever does get around to listening to this, he'll know. He'll know what he did. Um, so I had this cousin who was very tall. And I'll never forget. I was just telling the story uh, to my partner. And she, because uh, she had never heard it. And I said, here's the thing. This is how you know something is a, a traumatic experience. Imagine just little, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-old John getting ready for Halloween, getting dressed up, and uh, my mom calls me into the living room. She goes, hey, um, look outside. There's someone that's here to see you. I look outside, 
And who do you think I see in a blue jumpsuit Holy and shit. white mask? But Michael fucking Myers outside my, my fucking window. Um, and then I found out it was, you know, it was my, one of my cousins. Right. Um, but the thing is, he was just standing stoic. He was standing so still outside that another person from the neighborhood thought he was like a mannequin or a statue and walked up to him and freaked out when he moved. That's how he was really. Yeah. You know what? This no, my he was first, committed. He was he, the character work was immaculate. Um, <laughs> so there was that, and then there was another instance where um, he had to babysit me because my family, coincidentally enough, went to Halloween Horror Nights. Not a plug. Uh, uh, and he flipped one of the breakers so that I couldn't turn any lights on in the house, mm-hmm. and just chased me around wearing the Michael Myers mask. Fun. He thought it was hilarious. Uh, me? That sounds great to me. Yeah, me not so much. So, <laughs> uh, it got to the point where this character had such a hold on me, and like such, I had such a fear that even hearing the Halloween, the iconic theme music, was enough to like raise my heart rate. Like it was, I had such oh, a visceral reaction, and so uh, that was kind of my my history um, with this particular franchise. So. This is how you know I'm committed to the podcast, though, because uh, when this idea came around, I was like, fuck, I really don't like, I really don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. And you know what? An interesting thing happened was that it was kind of a cathartic, like, uh, therapeutic experience to just kind of overcome this fear that I've had for so long. Um, uh, so, but yeah, that's kind of the the history going into uh, re-watching uh, or really watching for the first time. The original 1978 Halloween. Yeah, I think that's a huge reason why I I genuinely love horror films mm-hmm. and like horror as a in a general sense. Um, it, it's a it's a controlled environment where you can confront fear, right? And you can approach it and and deal with it and then move on when the end credits start rolling, right? Um. Or sometimes not. Sometimes, you know, you, you yeah. <laughs> have a, an ending that's rather ambiguous and you kind of just have to live with that. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you, you had that experience. Yeah. And I'm it glad was, that you could overcome that. Yeah, it wasn't something I was expecting to happen. But, I mean, um, especially watching the first one, a lot of those feelings stood, kind of stood with me watching that. But, uh, I mean, we'll get into, like, what, you know, our thoughts of, our, of the movie and whatnot. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Do we want to um, go over the the first film in general, or do we want to do you want a, a, a brief the briefest of overviews of the the franchise as a whole? What do you think we were we're going down? Uh, I think the uh, I think we could talk a little bit about the franchise as a whole before we kind of hone in. Yeah, because um, I mean it ha- it's got an interesting history. Over it's it's a a truly bonkers franchise when you look at it a, a, as a whole because you've got. You've got like three timelines. You've got multiple timelines happening, multiple different journeys. I think Texas Chainsaw is the only one that has as many reboots and restarts as <laughs> as this franchise. Sure. Because you've got, you know, your other classics, I'm thinking Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. really doesn't have any kind of restart. There's one reboot right. that they tried, mm-hmm. and then it failed miserably with Jackie mm-hmm. Earl Haley. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just that one in like the early, the the mid thousands. Oddly um, enough, I've seen both of those reboots. The, once, really? Yeah. Once that's each. amazing. I remember not particularly liking Nightmare, but I remember kind of being into the Friday the Thirteenth. I will say, I I kind of like the Friday the Thirteenth yeah, reboot. It's, 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 it's very fun. Yeah. It's not good, no. but it's fun. Right. Uh, it was manageable night- for for me at least. The Nightmare on Elm Street one is is an odd one because they try they they went with this idea of trying to make Freddy Krueger sympathetic, like he was accused of molesting these kids, but he wasn't like it was a false accusation. Right. And at first, I was like, "Oh, what an interesting thought experiment." Right. Okay, how how fascinating. He's getting vengeance on the parents because they falsely accused him. How sure. interesting. And it turned out he was they were the parents were right, and right. he was still a molester. And I was like, "Oh, well." Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird uh, red herring to only be proven right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
Child's Play has a reboot as well that didn't do very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Hellraiser one... just had a its most recent reboot. Oh, yeah. I watched that. Um, oh, I haven't seen any of the Hellraiser movies. I don't think you'll like them even <laughs> even a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, um, I appreciate you being honest. Uh-huh. Um, but this, yeah, Halloween. Uh, so you've got 1978. John Carpenter's masterpiece comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, in a time, it's it is uh, under all intents and purposes a independent film. Right. Right. And so. He makes it for little to no money. It makes bonkers uh, at the box office because it's amazing and and it does very very well. Right. Um, and so of course the studios say, "Well, you got to have a sequel." Right. You got to have a sequel. Right. John Carpenter says, "I don't have a sequel. Right. I don't have plans for a sequel. I never had plans for a sequel." And the studio says, "We'll give you any amount of money." To give us a sequel. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, maybe not any amount well, of money. Yeah. But they, they were like, here's a check. Give us a sequel. Right. And so John Carpenter said, okay, here you go. What if Michael Myers... Because the big thing that they want, the studios wanted was the answer to the question, why is he going after Laurie Strode? Mm-hmm. Why is Laurie Strode in particular being chased after? Right. Um, which I think defeats the entire purpose of the film sure. at all right. to be asking that question, but right. fine. Sure. The question has been asked. Carpenter's answer was, what if, uh, uh, I don't even know if, it, now that I'm saying that, I don't even know if it was Carpenter who came up with this answer or if it was the uh, other writer that they brought in. But um, the answer was, what if Michael Myers was Laurie Strode's brother? Mm-hmm. you know distant you know long lost right. brother or whatever and he's he's coming back to to kill her just like he killed his older her his older sister right um fine <laughs> you know right. like it's That's halloween yeah halloween 2 i know a lot of people who really like halloween 2 right i'm not one of those people i think halloween 2 is an interesting film but it's not um, it's nothing special. They don't really do anything new. They don't bring anything to the table. It's just, it's an interesting little movie where they try and give Laurie Strode, uh, uh, Michael Myers a backstory. Now we'll we'll talk about this later. I'm sure, but it's interesting to think about the. Uh, uh, it is interesting to think about the sequel. Of the the first sequel of these uh, franchise, these respective trilogies or franchises, uh, having interesting ideas and not necessarily great follow through. Yeah, we'll touch more on that later. I'm yes, sure. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so that's Halloween two. Um, there's some solid shock moments. There's some solid kills. You know, mm-hmm. it's fine. The weird thing, and this is a thing that is true of. All the Halloween films, mm-hmm. none of them ever get the mask right. Hmm. And I don't, I have no idea why. I have tried looking this up and I, there's some, for some reason, they couldn't reuse the same mask that they did in the first film. And so they tried replicating it and it never looks right. Right. I it, remember seeing pictures of various movies and sometimes the mask looks great. Sometimes it looks kind of goofy. It looks real weird (laughs) um so that was just strange Mm -hmm. but anyway um so that's halloween 2 um and halloween 3 is not even involved right it's a kind of a whole different thing halloween 3 is where the studio thought and the producers thought okay what if we made this an anthology series what if this was a series where we it's all scary horror stories based mm-hmm. around Halloween. Sure. So Michael Myers is not even included in in so Halloween. So like American right? Horror Story before American Horror Story. At exactly. least they, what they wanted. Yeah, exactly. So Halloween 3, I actually really enjoy. I watched it for the first time this year because um, I, 
I had always been told to avoid it because it doesn't have Michael Myers in it or mm-hmm. whatever. And so I was just like, all right, whatever. Watch it for the first time. I don't know what those people were talking about because this movie's fucking weird in mm-hmm. the best way possible. Interesting. It's amazing. It's about a this guy who's a who's strangely a Lothario. Like he just winks at you at like at these women and they just start having sex with it. Like it's very strange. Huh. But he's very likable, very, you know, suave, debonair, right. whatever. And he discovers uh, some weird goings on. Somebody has died uh, and he's trying to investigate and discover who, what's behind it. And sure. um, throughout his investigation, it leads him to the small town where uh, it's uh, an Irish town. Mm-hmm. And they... Okay. Uh-huh. Just bear, <laughs> just bear with me on okay. this one. Uh, <laughs> Um, and, uh, it's where the, the factory that is making these masks for Halloween, all the, all the rage, all mm-hmm. the kids have to have these masks. And it's mostly because of this, um, uh, commercial that they keep playing over and over on the TV. Gotcha. Um, and the kids are watching TV. They see the mask, they see the commercial and they go, mom, dad, I have to get one of those masks. Uh-huh. So they're selling like gangbusters, right? Mm-hmm. He goes in and he sneaks into the factory and he discovers uh, that the masks are all part of this druid curse. Okay. <laughs> that um, <laughs> uh, this guy is blending the magic of these of the druids and, and Stonehenge, which he, he managed oh. to bring in over a, a tablet of Stonehenge wow. over. Okay. Um the, the evil guy, I mean. Yeah. And uh uh they they blended the magic with modern tech. Mm-hmm. So on the back of the masks is a little device that when the uh the special Halloween program that they have ready to go um plays on Halloween night uh, and all the kids are wearing their masks, watching the program, it will melt their heads and it will kill hundreds and hundreds of children around the country, around the world. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Really gruesome. There is a scene where you watch this child, like they, they test it out on this small family <laughs> and you watch this kid's head melt in this mask. It's fucking <laughs> wild. So, um... But it's a really fascinating movie commenting on consumerism mm-hmm. and uh, commercialism and all this sort of stuff. It's a really interesting movie, but it's batshit. It's absolutely insane. Gotcha. Um, That's insane. Yeah. That's wild. So that movie comes out. Bombs. Bombs yeah. hard, of course, because who the fuck goes into a Halloween three not expecting Michael Myers? Right. The fact that they even said it's Halloween three, three right. as opposed to just Halloween colon season of the witch. Right. I, I I think if they had dropped the three, it would have sold better. Right. But no. So so then four comes out and that's the return. So yes, okay. return of Michael Myers, and they that they make sure to say that in the title. Right. Yes, he's back. Mikey's back. Gotcha. Uh, and this Mikey's is Mikey's back. <laughs> uh, and this is the one where uh, we are introduced to uh, his niece, um, Laurie Strode's daughter, mm-hmm. um, who um, Laurie dies in a car accident off camera. Oh. Um, okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, so she's with an adoptive family, and Michael is coming to town to find and kill her. Okay. Um, and, of course, kills plenty of kids along the way. Sure. Um, Halloween 5. Uh, the, um, uh, which one's 5? Oh, God, I get all these subtitles mixed up. Right. The Revenge of Michael Myers oh, okay. is number 5. Um, again... Jamie is is the uh, uh, protagonist on this one. Uh, throughout all these, by the way, except right. for three, obviously, but throughout all these, Doctor Loomis, uh, uh, played by Donald Pleasance, right. is uh, he's just kicking around. And... He's still around, trying to find Michael and trying to put an end to this. Right. God bless him for the uh, performance. He in he he 
Yeah. God yeah. bless that man. Great. <laughs> yeah. Love him. Um, God, what a weird performance he gives. Anyway, yeah. we'll get into it. But um, five, Michael uh, uh, finds her and he ends up going to a Halloween. Like there's some hoedown or something and he kills some kids in a barn. And then. Yeah. See, um, I think this is the one I remember. Yeah. Because like at the end, not to like fast forward. To no, all sure. It, but like he gets like electrocuted or something, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, he uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah. And and Doctor Loomis is like, oh, finally we've we've put an end we've to it. We've done it. And then all of a sudden, Jamie, the curse. Yes. Like evil lives through Jamie or through whatever. Jamie or whatever. Um, he's like, no. I don't see. That's the one I remember. Yeah. And then and then we get uh, uh, Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers. This, is Paul Rudd in this one? This is the one starring a young Paul Rudd. This is Paul Rudd's <laughs> film debut. Uh, this came out right before Clueless. Oh boy, what a um, year! Yeah, truly, truly incredible. <laughs> um, Paul Rudd plays an older Tommy, the kid that J- that sure. uh, Laurie is babysitting in the first film. Sure, right. Um, so. Uh, he's uh, an older Tommy who's obsessed with Michael Myers and he knows he's going to come back. He's just sure of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Jamie has been abducted by a group of druids. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had water in my mouth. <laughs> Full circle! Yes. Whoa! Yeah, exactly. So she's been abducted by a group of druids who uh, decide... Or not decide. They are going to uh, impregnate her, which they already did. They are going to take her child, which they already did. And they are going to make him the new Michael Myers. They're going to imbue him with the evil demon spirit, demonic spirit of Michael Myers. Jamie gets away, takes her child, steals it away. Paul Rudd comes across it, holds on to the baby. And the druids send the resurrected Michael Myers... To come after and get the baby. What the fuck? That's the story of Curse of Michael Myers. It is terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I'm okay with uh, you know weird weird shit from time to time. We, we've at this point, my, my friends, we've lost the fucking plot. Yeah, <laughs> I will say this: Paul Rudd's still charming. <laughs> he does his well, job. I expect no less from uh-huh. him. <laughs> um. He probably looks younger now than he did then. So, yeah, yeah right. Uh, he looks about the same, yeah. frankly. Um, so throughout all these movies, I, they're doing fine. It's a horror film. The studio is making their money back. That's right. kind of the 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 mill with horror films. Right. You can make them cheap and they'll always make money. Right. But they're making less and less and less because the quality is going down and down and down. Right. So eventually they stop and... Uh, a couple years later, um, let me double check this. So, Curse of Michael Myers is 95. And then three years later, uh, they decide to reboot it. H2O. With H2O. <laughs> Halloween 20 years later. Sure. Right? Buster Rhymes is in this one. Uh, LL Cool J is in LL this Cool one. J. Excuse yes. Me. No, Buster Rhymes is in the next one. Okay. So, okay, so Buster Rhymes is in one of these, so I don't come off like a fucking racist. No, okay. you're right, and it's fucking wild. Okay, alright, alright, alright. Um, so H2O comes out. Uh, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the film, they reboot it, uh, this time ignoring all the films past uh, uh, 3, 4, 5, and 6. All those are ignored. It's okay. just 1 and 2. Okay. So Michael is still Laurie's brother okay. in this timeline. And Laurie's still alive. She and Laurie's still somehow. alive. Okay. Yes. That's the other big thing. The, the return of Jamie Lee Curtis. I really like H2O. Hmm. I think H2O is a fascinating film. It's not a... Um, it's not a slasher in the traditional sense. Or okay. a, of the way that you would think of a slasher. Where it's just like a kill a minute or whatever. Right. It's really slow paced. And, and very... You know it drags it out quite a bit um in a way that it's still not boring but it's it's still got enough happening and that's because we're focusing on laurie's psychosis throughout this sure as opposed to this new trilogy where they make her this sort of badass recluse who's just like yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. sarah connery um 
this one instead makes her a um she's the new headmaster of this school where her son is going and she's still kind of reclusive she's not very trusting of going outside it's a private school so she's like she stays on on the campus it's gated all that kind of stuff but she's she's way more just traumatized is the best way Mm. it's not that she's going out trying to fight her way through this it's that she got fucked up real bad right and that's and you can see that throughout the performance it's it's really interesting and a really great uh uh, movie and ll cool j is amazing because he always is right uh talk about charming (laughs) yeah um so that's h2o then we get into halloween uh, Resurrection. Okay, this is the one with Buster Rhymes. This is the one with Buster Rhymes. Okay. Uh, the film has Jamie Lee Curtis uh, uh, as one of the top billed actors. She dies in the first five ten minutes. Oh, great! Uh, Michael kills her. Oh, uh, he, does, he does his thing. He... Yes. Now here's my problem. My my major problem with Halloween Resurrection. Okay, is the choice of where it picks up because H two O ends brilliantly mm-hmm. it's an extremely abrupt ending where michael is chasing Lori. uh she's in a car he's on top she's swerving around it's it's hectic it's crazy she goes off of the side of a, a little hill and uh he goes flying in front she guns it down the hill he, he traps him like there's a owl there's a tree <laughs> Uh, that he is like stuck up against with the car behind him. So he's not like he's, he's pinned. Yes. And she uh, has an ax or she finds an ax that she, or he had, but he was trying to kill her or something. And she just chops his head off. And at the chopping of his head off, the movie ends. Like it's, it's a really abrupt, like chop head roll, cut to black. But we see his head. You see the head roll away and you kind of go, damn that's cool what an interesting way to make this a trilogy now like it's now like a trilogy right then resurrections comes around and it turns out that that michael that was chasing her not the real michael it turns out no that was just a guy that he traded masks with yes that's right he somehow in the chaos traded heads with a paramedic i guess it makes no sense. Cool. So then she's in a hospital. Michael finds her. She runs up to the roof. He chases after her. There's no way for her, nowhere for her to go. He holds her off the edge of the building, ready to drop her. And she says, I'll see you in hell, Michael, and gives him a kiss. And then he drops her and she's dead. Fucking weird dumb dumb da dum 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 right bad <laughs> um then the rest of the movie is about how buster rhymes and um i i have to remember who who is his... he playing himself is he if buster rhymes playing buster rhymes? it might as well be <laughs> um i have to remember who this other person in in the vehicle with him is because it's somebody who's just it's wild that she's in this um why can't I find Man, it? Man, I love Buster Rhymes. Tyra like, Banks. Okay. Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks are running a or hosting a a reality show where they um they are hiring these uh, uh college students to go into the old Myers house and spend the night and they've got hidden cameras set up all over the place. Oh boy. To like okay. capture the, the fear and the terror. And of course they've rigged some of the points in the house to be scary moments. And they've like hidden some like fake bodies around the place and whatever just to like capture the fear. Sure. And then of course Michael shows up and he starts killing them off for real. And it's this whole thing. Uh, he kills off everybody except the one of the female college students and Buster Rhymes actually makes it through the whole fucking film. He like decks Michael once or twice. <laughs> it's insane. Um, and yeah, that's the movie. Like it's... I saw a TikTok about this because, um, I mean, sp- spoiler, but like 
holy shit, could you imagine? Um, this might have made the movie better. Uh, but I saw a TikTok where someone was saying, I have a theory about Halloween ends. Um, well, it's not so much a theory as, as it is a want. And they should have they should bring back Buster Rhymes' character because he's the only one who's ever defeated Michael Myers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, could you fucking imagine? I was like, yeah. I, I, and I didn't realize... Um, I, I thought it stopped at age two. I didn't realize uh, resurrection was a thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, and then that's the that caps off this like original. That caps off that the that original run. Right. Then we have the Rob Zombie movies. Then we get Rob Zombie's films. Now, I saw the first one. Yeah. And I, I think I might be alone in this. I didn't hate it. I, but um, it also it didn't have um. This is another one that kind of like, kind of retro, you know, talking over myself here. This is another one that they tried to make Michael kind of sympathetic. Yeah. Um, which I'm like, y'all, he, he very much is a serial killer. Like, and, and Rob Zombie, um, I respect what he was going for. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Zombie is such an interesting character anyway. And the movies that he's made are, are, uh, definitely part of the same uh, uh, oeuvre, like they're mm-hmm. just they're of a type, right? Um, I think you, you can safely say there is no other film like a Rob Zombie film, right? Um, for better or worse, right? Um, and his his take on Michael Myers was rather than in the original John Carpenter film, he is very much an entity, right? He is very much the boogeyman, right? Um, not so much a person in the credits he is not named michael myers he is the shape i never knew that before before kind of watching these and starting this uh research yeah um and there's a very specific reason for that he is not meant to be a person he is Mm -hmm. a force of nature rob zombie said okay i get that but what if right we take the more literal serial killer approach and he explored Michael Myers' childhood or what that childhood could have looked like right. um, to create such a, a monster. Which I think is... I actually think that's a pretty interesting take if you're not... And by here's where I think the movie kind of falters, from mm-hmm. what I remember of it at least, is that like... Again, it's the, it's the whole issue of follow-through. It's like... I think this is a really interesting concept if we're looking at this kind of new version of this um but then the other half of this movie is almost a shot for shot remake of the original 78 so it like it i think that's where it kind of loses its steam as kind of solidifying itself as its own thing i never saw the sequel because i apparently that was batshit crazy too yeah Um, so yeah um (laughs) i gotta say i i totally agree with you though i'm not I don't hate the original Rob Zombie Halloween. I think it's a very interesting film. It's mm-hmm. a very fascinating look. And Homegirl who plays Laurie in that I thought was fantastic. She's great. She's very solid. Um, and um, Danny Trejo is in it. I always love yeah. anything Danny Trejo's in. Got to. Um, <laughs> um, but I do totally agree with you. It's such an interesting choice to then just basically redo the 78 version. Right. As opposed to continuing to re make it your own and go f- right. really go for it, and I, that was another. I actually like the ending of that one too. Um, I I completely yeah, agree. Uh, the when they're under the house and he he's trying to show her right. that they're siblings and she just doesn't get it. Right. Yeah. Um, it, so it it definitely that one has some shining moments. It too. has merit to it for right. sure. Um, its sequel. There are a lot of people who say that they like it more than the first. Interesting. I am not one of those people. <laughs> so here's this pattern um, again of these, these Halloween sequels. Yeah. Anyway, I I think um, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is another fascinating film. It is definitely way more zombie than the first one was i feel like the studio may have had a hand in the first one and like Mm -hmm. reeled rob back a bit and 
the sequel leans way more into Rob Zombie territory. Got it. Um, I was about to ask. I don't know how many how many Rob Zombie movies you've seen. I think that I can guess right. that's probably the only one because he uh, pretty exclusively makes deranged horror films. Yeah, I, I I'm familiar with his puppetry work on Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's about it. Uh, yeah. Now I don't think I I might have seen a little bit. What's what's the one with the amusement park? Uh, is that that's not House of a Thousand Corpses? Lords of Salem. Is that the one you're thinking of, or, or... I, don't, I don't fucking know. Um, I remember um, there was a bit with like a with uh, a roller coaster, but I Devil's Rejects maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. I I, I watched a while ago now. Um, I watched his uh, trilogy, mm. uh, the the Firefly trilogy as he calls it, um, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell. Gotcha. Um, and they're all very weird. Yeah. He and, seems like a weird guy. He seems and, like a cool guy, but a weird guy. Yeah, uh, and 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 deranged in right. in in their horror. He's very influenced by Texas Chainsaw. You can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, the sequel is a fascinating look at trauma, mm. um, and it it follows Laurie as she's trying to deal with that trauma of what happened in the first film as well as uh the town's trauma of what happened Mm -hmm. and how dr loomis is profiting off of that trauma because he releases a new book right um based on everything and so it's like it's a it's really interesting but then it leans really heavily into the uh uh the pessimistic end of dealing with your trauma where he basically, the film basically ends with you saying, you know, the best way to deal with your trauma is to just kind of lean into it and let it consume you is basically the end of the film. And like, I don't know if that's maybe I'm taking away the wrong thing from that. Maybe it's meant to be like, Hey, don't do that. But it's so hard to take it that way. Right. Um, so anyway, it's, it's a weird film, but it's not altogether bad it's just really strange right and then um, that brings us into this new trilogy yes know? that brings us into 2018 uh gotcha. 2018's halloween followed up by halloween kills and then halloween ends right. which we will f- go further in depth uh as we continue but right. let's let's reel it on back let's right. backtrack a little and let's talk about john carpenter's classic 1978 halloween yeah uh, man, what what a ride! What a ride this movie was. Yeah, uh, um, the opening sequence mm-hmm. is uh, a fascinating one, and I, I I remember watching it with uh, with with my girlfriend, um, and she all she was saying was that it was very goofy, like it's just a weird opening, and she was just like, I don't get what's happening here. I th- no go ahead I'm sorry I'm about to no 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 yeah. go yeah um, I think we're leaning into the same thing but I want to hear I want to hear what you have to say so my I think that the opening to Halloween is supposed to feel kind of dreamlike and it's not supposed to make the most sense visually I think it's supposed to be this sort of set you off kilter like it's supposed to make you feel really uncomfortable right off the bat so that you're not quite sure what is going on what's real what isn't real um it's supposed to give you that sort of nightmare vibe when like you're in the middle of a nightmare Mm -hmm. and you know something is off like it feels off but it's you can't help but be terrified right that's that's the vibe that I get from the opening, and I think that Carpenter captures that emotion really, really nicely. What threw me is that this was something, and maybe this was something new to this kind of genre, um, maybe not entirely new, but definitely not done in this way, was being in the first-person view of the killer. Right. Like, I just thought that was such a an unsettling way to start a movie. I mean, super effective. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. complaining about it. Um, 
but it's just such an unsettling experience to, you know, for what feels like a continuous shot. Yeah. You know, wearing this mask and grabbing a, a knife and going up the stairs, wow. watching the boyfriend leave, watching the sister. Like, it it feels so uncomfortable. And um, I love how you don't even know that it's a first-person view right. until he grabs a knife. Right. Then you kind of go, oh, shit. Like we're 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 here. We're in this. We're it's like I was watching. I was actually watching these movies with my girlfriend, and it's like holy shit, we're the killer right now. Like yeah. this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that opening sequence was. Uh. And I think I mean again, it could all just be tricky, you know, filmmaking. Um. But yeah, just seeing all of that happen, just kind of almost all at once. Um. And you're taking this journey and like the slow climb up the stairs and. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it, it, it was, it showed you what we're in for with, and then the fact that, you know, this young Michael doesn't say anything after, like, that's it. He kind of ceased being a person there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love the opening. I think that it's, it's a, it's a powerful way to open up a film mm-hmm. um a, a, a particular horror film so then we go into the next uh segment or, or scene where uh it's jump forward in time and dr loomis and a nurse are uh driving up to the uh to the mental hospital where michael has been kept and we learn from loomis that uh they are transporting Michael to a high, you know, high security facility, but you get the vibe immediately from Pleasance that he would just rather him be dead. Right. Like you, he just wants him, like he needs to be just locked away or killed mm-hmm. because there is no, there's nothing in this person except yeah. pure evil. And, uh, Donald Pleasance gives, a remarkable performance oh, in this movie. Absolutely. Um he he is he was one of the great character actors of that time. Right. He he never was in anything particularly major, like anything really really successful, really big, really anything, but all he was in so many things playing these high concept characters mm-hmm. and um and yeah, Doctor Loomis is uh, uh, such an interesting character mm-hmm. coming from a, a psychiatrist standpoint. And you know, later in the film, he talks to the cop and he's saying, uh, "You know, I spent seven years trying to reach that child, and I spent the next, uh, I, I think, eight or ten mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, trying to keep him locked away because right. there is nothing behind those right. eyes." And that's so unsettling. And devastating to hear from a from a the person who's supposed to be the professional and like the person who's helping. Right. And that's well, that not to you know not to veer too far off of the the original, but that's another uh, relationship I kind of like seeing explored a little more in the Rob Zombie one. Um, was just you know him being like, I, I this is the last time I'm going to see you because it's been this much time and we haven't made any, you know, real progress. You haven't said anything to me, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, going back to Donald Pleasance's performance. I love Malcolm McDowell in that, by the way. I think Malcolm McDowell does a great job yeah. in the Rob Zombie films. Yeah. But that's, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but going back to this, uh, yeah, I think he's a, I also think he, he just did a masterful, you know, performance for what this movie was. And it was just like, just the right amount of like, you know, like a lot of uh, indie horror movies, just the right amount of like camp to his particular yes. character. Yeah. But like also like a real sense of like, you know, I hate to, I don't know if this is what he was going for, but as opposed to like almost the right level of like Shakespearean commitment, not so much to where it was like kind of goofy in that, you know, no, she's done it, you know, in the, yeah. one of the sequels. But, uh, but yeah, it's just kind of this right middle ground that like, Kind of where he takes it seriously, but there's like a little bit of fun had there, um, uh, yeah. But something I kind of moving along with the movie. I mean, first off, I think it's amazing that Michael managed to drive a car. 
he manages to drive a car in this movie. I'm like, well, and okay. I, the best explanation, I love the explanation they give is just, he seemed to be doing pretty well last right. night. That's the only line that they give. It's just so great. They're like, it's like someone asked the question on set. But again, but I think that just adds to the dream quality of it, right? Like, right. You, ju- you just kind of have to go with it. It's just like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's fascinating. Um, uh, and kind of just moving through the progression of the movie, um, you know, just turning uh, Haddonfield into this kind of, like, I don't know, the whole the whole movie is just kind of eerie, like all these long shots of just either people walking away yeah. or just of like a lingering shot on a house, like really not knowing at any point where this fucking guy is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, but, and then when you do see him, I love the, the clips and the shots where you see him, it cuts away and it cuts back and he's gone. Right. And it, it, it just continues to add to that, are we seeing things like what is, is she seeing things? Is Lori seeing things? Is she going, Mm -hmm. you know, like what's happening there? It's so great. And, um, yeah, it's just, it, it never lets anything stay settled. Right. The use of music in all of, I mean, this entire fucking movie, I mean, you have obviously the, the, the classic like theme. Yeah. uh, Halloween theme. Um, uh, used at the beginning of the movie, used kind of any, almost any time we see Michael, but also just the you know the lingering like you know two two notes dum 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 yeah like um, or the part that scared the ever like I jumped was just hearing the the loud bang, the synths yeah uh, you know and they pan up to the window I don't know why just hearing that was so sharp in such a quiet moment of the movie yeah that it. It, I like jumped in into the fucking couch. Yeah, like, Carpenter so is is a uh, ha, has just such a way with music in right. his films. It's so remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the the the, I mean, even just that the the classic Halloween theme mm-hmm. is so. I mean, it definitely has sort of uh, exists outside of itself now. Like it's mm-hmm. so iconic, but just within the context of the film just what an unsettling couple of notes just yeah. to do over and over and over again is so good. It's yeah. so wonderful. Um, so we meet Lori, we meet yeah. Lori Strode, uh, living in Haddonfield, Illinois. And she is, uh, your typical high school kid who's, you know, doing babysitting around town. Right. And, um, you know, she's dropping off the key to the old Myers place for her dad. Who's a real estate guy. Right. Um, and that's where Michael first sees her. Right. Um, and I guess you could say that that's where Michael's obsession with her comes from. But I think that that's, again, limiting the film mm-hmm. to what it's trying to be. Right. Um, you should... Asking the question of why is Michael doing anything... Right is not the question we need or should be asking. Right. Um, because that's not important. <laughs> it's yeah. not. It's you. It's just, what is he going to do next? Right. Is the question that should be asked. And, like, how do you get out of it? Because that's... Yeah. It, it's a interesting question as to why he's, you know, seemingly stalking Lori. Right. Um and like why he doesn't just go ahead and kill her first or anything. Right. Um, but I think he doesn't do that for the simple reason that she's the protagonist. Like right. I, you know, like I don't think there needs to be anything more than that. Right. Um, yeah. And it's interesting. His kind of, his trip back to Haddonfield. Yeah. Cause he tried, he, I mean, he fully, if he could have killed that nurse, he would have. Mm-hmm. But I think in that moment, Again, not trying to dissect why he does anything, but I think he's just trying to get the fuck out of Dodge. Like, <laughs> yeah. take that car and go. Um, but then, you know, we kind of see, you know, he how he got his, like, the, the jumpsuit or whatever. Right. You know, we see the guy on the side of the road and the little box of matches or whatever's there. Yep, yep. Um, so, like, 
he he is willing to do what he needs to to get to where he needs to be um and why he doesn't want to be seen you know again something that's never explained doesn't need to be though doesn't need to right. necessarily know why he's in a mask or anything like that because ha- not ha- not seeing his face adds to that mystique right I, I, yeah and I think that goes back to when he was a kid and he put on the mask to kill his sister mm-hmm. like there's something inside him this the shape that uh compels him to hide his visage from the world when he's doing what he's doing like he just he has to be something different right when it's happening if we're trying to again break down and analyze why he's doing anything right um but other than that like this town is just you've got your run-of-the-mill teenagers some are getting into debauchery. Some are, you know, just babysitting, trying to make some money. They're talking about normal shit, like, oh, who's going to ask who to the homecoming dance? Hey, I asked this guy out for you. It is the suburbs. Like, right. that. That's it. It's just, welcome to the suburbs. Right. Any happens. suburb, any, yeah. any, any, any town USA. Right. Um, and I think the, the cop says something to the effect of, like, this is Haddonfield. People do this and this. Yeah. Um, this doesn't happen here. Uh, or maybe I'm thinking of one of the other movies. No, but, but you're right. Yeah, totally. And um, even if it is one of the other movies, that is the vibe. Like, it's just nothing ever happens here. Why? What are you talking about? When when Loomis comes in and is like, you have a killer coming here. He's going to kill people. Right. People are in danger. And they go, yeah, all right, whatever. My favorite, let me, I, I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. Um, my favorite moment with Dr. Loomis in this movie is when one of, when these like little kids are daring yeah, to go yeah, into yeah. the whatever and he's like get your ass out of here. <laughs> hey you kid get your ass out of there. I was like what the fuck accent are you doing my guy? <laughs> he smiles at himself. He had so, so pleased with that himself. That was the most joy that man had felt <laughs> in 15 years. Uh, that was one of my favorite parts of the fucking movie. Um, but by the but you know like by the time there's an inkling, by the time Loomis is in town and is like, hey, he's here, we start to really feel on edge. Because, I mean, this motherfucker's already stalking Lori. And, like, homegirl yells at the car and he stops, doesn't get out, and just drives away. And like, Yeah. So, like, yeah. And going back to all these shots of him, like, he's he's watching them. All of a sudden he's gone. He walks away. He's nowhere to be seen. Uh, and then we get all these lingering where you feel like you're over someone's shoulder but you never see that shoulder yeah you're just watching these girls walk away and it's like what's gonna happen yeah where is he yeah what's he doing um uh and then something i find really interesting about this movie compared to like any other slasher movie especially going forward with this kind of new timeline we've set uh in the multiverse of halloween um he only kills, like, three or four people in this movie. Yeah, no, it's not a particularly high body count. Right. For sure. It, it's only in the later movies that he becomes this sort of, you this know... Killing machine. Yeah, exactly. The This slash a minute. But the kills that are done in this movie are done so well. And, well, I mean, this movie is just a master class in suspense. Like, yeah. just truly not knowing what's going to happen at any given yes. moment like any door is closed the scene that that i think best embodies that is the uh uh when Lori's friend who was also babysitting that night and she's out at the laundry room yeah. and she's changed out and she uh has dropped her the kid she's sitting off with Lindsay. Lori, Lindsay. Yeah. she drops her off and then she comes back to the house she goes to the car. She tries to do car, the car handle. It's locked. She turns around. She walks away. This whole time, he's Carpenter is keeping the shots so wide because at this point he's trained the audience to be on the lookout for the background in the background for Michael mm. because throughout the entire movie you keep seeing him off in the distance. And so he's trained you to look for him out in the background. So he keeps the shots wide as they, she's walking back across the yard, past the laundry room, Mm -hmm. goes into the house. She closes some doors. Is he behind the door? Is he over there? She grabs the key. She goes back out. She, we follow her again across the yard, wide shot. Yep. You're on the lookout. You don't know where he is. Something is going to happen. She opens the car door without unlocking it. 
and she sits in the car. Yeah. And at that, that's the like, moment when wait. you go, fuck. Right. That, you don't remember the whole reason you went back is because the door was locked and like you didn't have a key. Like, fuck, he's in there. Um, yeah, that was such a brilliant scene. Yeah. And so well done. Oh my God. Yeah. Ugh. Um, yeah, so, so, so well done. Um, and, and I think this might have been the start of that, that trope of like, you know, the, what's happening over the phone. Cause like her friend, her other friend tries to call. Jamie, yeah. You, um, I almost said Jamie, but Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Lori. And, uh, she's getting strangled, but she's like, oh, ha ha. Like, yeah. you guys are having sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And just the idea of like, oh, I see the boogeyman outside. No, no one's out there. Oh, wait, that is the boogeyman. Yeah. It, the, this whole this whole movie and by the time Michael gets into um into Tommy's house um kind of the house that is known for this back and forth between Michael and Lori yeah. truly um yeah like it, so many times we we think this fucking guy is down and out he is stabbed with the knitting needle and stabbed with the knitting needle and then uh, uh stabbed in the eye with a coat hanger yeah and uh, uh, shot a couple times, like he, yeah. Then we got, and, and it was that. That's the one where we got the. I call it the, the Undertaker setup because like the wrestler, yeah. the Undertaker. Uh, but yeah, we see that that first for the first time. He just sits back up in that wide shot. Love that oh, shot. Oh my god! Classic, classic horror right there. What a moment that must have been for like the first audience who sat and watched this movie in 1978. Like, just collectively, you know, you see, like, you think... Because just... you, you, you're breathing, and Jamie Lee Curtis is breathing, like, she's told the kids to go get the cops. Everything is done. It's silent. That's the thing. It's dead quiet. Right. Because you've had this intense music playing, she stabs him in the eye, he backs up, falls on the ground, and then it's dead silent. And then he sits up. And he sits right up. And he sits right the fuck up. And it's that perfect 90 degree, yeah. just sit, turn... And that turn fucking gets me every time. It's, it's so chilling. good. Yeah. And just and suddenly the bass starts back up again. The bum. Yeah. Bum bum. Right. And you just go fuck. And we're no. as audience members, we're like, bitch, turn around, turn around. <laughs> uh, at least if you're me. <laughs> um and yeah, and then, and then we get that, you know, we see his face for for a, a half a second. The splittest of seconds. Right. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then by that point, you know, Loomis is back in, and you know, four kids are dead. The cop's daughter is dead, and yeah, like he shoots Michael out the window. We see him on yep. the floor. And what a he, again, what a turn of events. Love it. Well, and I just the mo the what brilliant closing lines too. After all of this chaos and all of this death, to have Jamie Lee Curtis ask. Was it the boogeyman? Mm -hmm. And for him to just say, as a matter of fact, it was. Right. Like, just... Ugh, so good. Yeah. And then he's gone. And the movie ends... And you just hear that music. You, you hear the music, and you hear the breathing through the mask. End of movie. Oh, my favorite... I love the way this movie ends. It's not even just not seeing him there. The movie ends with a series of shots of different locations. Yeah. Because, again, it just... It, it rebuilds this, like... Again, as a as a as an entity, Michael Myers can be anywhere at any time, and yep. any of these shots, we we don't see him, but we feel him. Yeah, we feel that presence still there with that music going along. It's just, yeah, it was super a super effective ending, and um, this was the one that we were watching that I. Uh, I kept periodically, so I have a smartwatch, and I, you know, I tell, I have it set to tell my, my heart rate. Um, and when like something super, super big happened, I would just look, and I'd see my heart rate just shoot right up. Um, yeah, man. And, uh, but like even, even beyond all my own, you know, traumatic experiences with this, uh, this franchise, just watching it and taking it as a movie, I was like, like this movie set out to do something, and achieved it in spades it this is a, yeah. a genius piece of work even yeah. as someone who's not a fan a big fan of these types of movies like just watching it and just admiring the the tension that they were able to build in this world that is yeah. unfield there's an undeniable craft to this film 
and just the way that everything is set up and shot and it's and you just you can't replicate that like you know um you can certainly pay homage to it like you know scream does you know does super effectively yeah um but it's just i mean even that movie like you can't really replicate the first one you can try yeah but uh but like yeah, this one it just has, to, and you can feel the the impact this movie had on so many movies after it. Um, but yeah, it's I had a I had a fantastic time um, just kind of experiencing it as a whole for the first time uh, in my adult life at least. Yeah. Because um, yeah, it was just, and I mean the performances, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, knock for first go around, knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was a cool, cool way to then experience this new trilogy of movies that came after. Yeah. Well, you know why they, they ultimately cast Jamie Lee Curtis, right? I don't. Uh, the studio was trying to find, or not even the studio, I, I think it was uh, uh, just any produce, one of the producers was trying to find some way to get this movie backing, like just any way to like sell mm-hmm. this thing. And so they, and they heard that janet lee's daughter uh was uh uh filming you know or wanting to get into filming mm. um janet lee being the woman who started psycho oh my god the, sc- the screen queen yeah. from psycho and so yeah they went to her and they went to jamie and asked if she would be at all interested jamie lee curtis said she's not a horror movie person she doesn't like them she's not right. a big fan uh but sure let's let's try it out and the rest is history wow yeah i had no idea that's amazing yeah holy shit (laughs) so just yeah education for you folks little film history we we try and and do our best here at john slash john yeah no Um, that's awesome i I, yeah i had no idea yeah um but that leads us into uh into halloween 2018 literal 40 years later yes yeah um yeah I think uh, uh, let's save that for for next week's discussion. Sure. I think we'll just do the whole trilogy, the trilogy as a whole, next week. All right. Um, but uh, uh, for now, um, final thoughts: Hollywood, Halloween, nineteen seventy-eight, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, we it doesn't even require like a ranking system for this yeah. one. Uh, yeah, I think it's 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 a truly a, a masterpiece of its kind uh, for the genre and just you know. When you take it for even just uh, when you take the genre out of it, um, the the relationships it's able to set up and uh, or even the lack thereof, like but still making you care or at least invested in what's happening with the protagonist, the antagonist, um, yeah. and just creating. I'm just such a fan of when when it creates tension for us because then that's what makes that's what makes the fear real. Absolutely. Um, and it does it such an effective way. Because, again, not that I like to lean in. If, if I'm going to see something scary, I would rather it be something I know is not going to happen. I mean, 1978, when people are stupid and not locking their doors and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, this motherfucker could sweep, sneak in somewhere and, yeah. like, Absolutely. fuck some shit up. <laughs> yeah. uh, so then rather than ask what uh, what the scariest moment was, I just want to ask what your what's your favorite moment in this film what's your favorite scene in this god because i think i think for me it's it's either the setup just that's a pretty great moment moment. yeah or uh um the uh uh ghost the sheet ghost (laughs) i love that bit i thought that was i thought that was funny (laughs) um uh yeah i man Yeah, the sit-up one is a is a big content because I that's what feels like Halloween, like Michael Myers. It's just yeah. that's truly when he kind of becomes like immortal. Um, but I I don't know the the one scene that the other scene that keeps popping out to me um, is uh, well two scenes pop out to me in in particular the scene of Jamie and her friends walking home and you just hear that bum 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 and like you. Uh, sorry uh, i don't know why i did that um but you just see him like watching from a distance or not watching um just those those scenes of them walking um and like did i see him there did i not see him there um yeah 
Yeah. I think that's the... that's fascinating. And, and then just the ending, you know, seeing Michael's body not there. Or not seeing Michael's body. And then seeing the shots of the rest of the neighborhood. Because, like, that's, to me, I'm like, fuck, that's eerie. Like, yeah. that's, that's weird. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. Okay. But, so those are the moments I, I think I that stick out to me the most. Yeah. When thinking about Love it. All right, well. We want to hear what y'all think. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us through this podcast, please. No. <laughs> Do it. Um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, like we said, next week or, or the week after, uh, depending on how my scheduling works. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, we will have an episode uh, of our thoughts on this newest trilogy yeah, in, its, in its entirety, uh, including the new Halloween Ends, now streaming on Peacock. Yeah. Peacock, if you're listening, uh, love an endorsement. Yeah, give us some money. For, for all three of our listeners. Yeah, you know, we can get all three of them to, to sign up. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. Uh, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Uh, peace. Stay bloody.